0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, the Auditions Mishaps podcast. My name is Christopher bartlett Walford. I'm your host and I've worked in the entertainment world for about 15 years now, both on and off stage, and I thought it was high time that we put a show together celebrating those moments that auditions turned into nightmares, you let the stress take over your body or something absolutely mortifying happened, share them with the world anonymously and all have a laugh together, reminding ourselves It's okay to mess up. It's not the end of the world and you shouldn't be too hard on yourself. Each week, a guest from the world of entertainment, whether it's on stage, off stage, theatre, music, comedy or film or TV or anything like that, joins me to go through our emails, submissions of the week. Stories that have been sent in by you, our listeners, to remind us it's okay for things to go wrong. And this week I am joined by TikTok creator, star, Instagram comedy genius, Broadway Book of Mormon cast member. He's also been a cast member in the fantastic Ratatouille, a TikTok musical. I'm talking about this week's guest, Mr. J.J. Neiman. He's absolutely a joy to speak to. We hooked up over Zoom a few days ago. And I bring you our conversation and our podcast today. So every story that I tell him has been anonymized. Names have been changed, but they are all true and they all happen. So get yourself comfortable. If you're enjoying this indoors, keep yourself nice and warm. Get a drink, cup of tea, coffee, glass of wine, whatever you fancy. If you're outside running, I apologise for making you laugh so much in advance. (laughs) It's a good one this week. And if you are listening for the first time, make sure you tag us on Twitter or Instagram at Don't Call Us Pod. As you listen, we love to see your reactions of the stories that we tell. And also share the show to your friends and subscribe if you haven't. But we'll talk about all that at the end of the show as I bring you some more fantastic news. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. At the beginning of our podcast every week, I like to check in with our guests and find out how they are with auditions what they're like when those emails or calls come in and ask them what auditions mean to them. So enjoy this week's episode with JJ Neiman.
1: Okay, so... Here is kind of, you know, my audition thing. I love auditions, specifically dance calls. There's something about a dance call that like gets me so excited, especially because it's like a free dance class. You get to like do your thing. Um, And I know not everyone feels that way, but I I genuinely just love getting to learn a new style, meet a new choreographer, that kind of stuff. But um, a lot of times I have like, kind of audition anxiety that keeps me up at night and when i know i have to wake up as someone who's a night owl and i don't do well i'm not a morning person (laughs) and i mean that's like a normal performer thing like i would get home from my broadway show at like 11 o'clock and if i knew i had to get up at 8 a.m for an audition i was like this is gonna be a a crap show or whatever (laughs) um so uh, so there were a lot of times i would you know go to an audition day in New York and I was operating off of like three hours of sleep because I could not get myself to go to bed because I worked myself up about it. So I think I've gotten better at that over over time, but that's always the worst thing. And and that happens, I think, if anyone's listening, that's happened to me about a lot of types of things that either you're really excited about and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for tomorrow. I'm going on this big trip and you like can't sleep um because you're just thinking about all the things and then you think about wait what if i don't wake up to my alarm and my my alarm doesn't go off and i miss my flight or like it's the same thing with an audition so um so yeah i definitely because if you don't get enough sleep the night before then you're a little bit screwed with like you know your voice might not sound as good and then when you're laying in bed you start thinking wait i'm not gonna get enough sleep tonight so i won't sound good tomorrow and da-da-da. it's it's a whole spiral
0: i get the the not being able to wake up for your alarm is my big thing. If I set my alarm, and I'll always set it, I'll set like five just to make sure. But even if it's, oh, yeah. even if it's not too early, I'll still be sat there at three o'clock in the morning going, yeah, but what if you don't wake up? If you don't wake up, that's yeah. bad. So you should probably go to sleep. But you can't go to sleep because you might not wake up. Just an endless, yeah. an endless circle <laughs> of self-anxiety. It's awful. It's awful. So I feel that. You are probably the first person who's been on our show that says they really enjoy a dance call as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but I mean, there are certain people who uh, also, of course, people lead with different things. I love dancing. I like to dance first when I'm auditioning for something and show. I don't think that I'm a stronger dancer or singer. I really feel kind of equal across all of the, you know, across the board. But I, I just love a dance call. There's something so fun. And... A, a really specific skill that I have that I am proud of is that I'm really good at picking up choreography quickly, ah. being very detail oriented. And I like, I love the pressure of you have 30 minutes to learn this dance and like a boom, then you just do it. And honestly, a lot of people are amazing dancers and have a really hard time picking up details and learning choreography specifically and that is something that i thrive in and i'm like i can show my stuff here because i'm good under pressure like that so that's i think why i like it so much um and you know it's always kind of fun you know
0: you can use your skill set to benefit yourself the most so that's great i like oh yeah
1: oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that's like also like a, a muscle that you have to kind of work i mean some people are naturally better than others but that's like, just like any dance skill, it's a muscle in your mind that you have to like train to learn choreography quickly. 100%.
0: And it, you know, just like text or, uh, uh, you know, reading music, it's like you said, a skill that some people have better than others. And if you do, then yeah, go for it. Why, What? you need to show yeah. it off. And if it puts you that one further step above the, <laughs> the competition in the room, then why
1: not? Why not? Yes. You gotta go for it. Y- yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: Right, let's tell you some stories. So for those of you listening for the first time, each week I read our guest some audition submissions that have been sent in from our listeners and our audience uh, all over the globe. These are true things that happen to people in auditions, whether they be embarrassing moments, injuries or uh, something that caused those auditions to stick in one's mind and just dig in that little stress nail and they never, ever forgot it. But... To show that it's okay for it to happen, we share them to thousands of people all over the globe, <laughs> and they're always yes, anonymous as well. I love it. <laughs> I think we've got a fair few good ones today, JJ, and we'll see. We'll see if there's any crawling out of your mind as we go through as well.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, I'm excited.
0: So the first, oh good lord, this one. See, I have to read these before we record. <laughs> so I've already lived these, and that's okay. that's half the problem for me is that I feel these twice. So this one was sent in via email the other day and (laughs) she says, hey, Christopher, here's a submission for you. A few years ago, I had a workshop style audition day for a touring theatre company. For one part of the audition, we were split into groups. I was in a three with two gents. We had two sections of different scripts to show what we could do, multi-rolling being a requirement for what the director had planned. First script, no hitches, but the second script only had two characters. Instead of taking it to the panel, I saw something that gave me what I thought was a bright idea. The script mentioned a cat. Now, this was probably meant to be a puppet or something. It wasn't a pantomime cat or an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical spectacular after all. But I decided I would be the cat. The moment to show back to the panel came. I crawled onto stage on all fours, started lounging around and stretching like a feline, licking my hand like a paw, the works. (laughs) The other actors on stage with me were mortified. (laughs) I got a small pity laugh from one of the other auditionees watching. I obviously didn't get the job. I'd like to think I got an A for effort, but probably not even that. (laughs)
1: you can't see jj's face (laughs) (laughs) that okay i will say that story (laughs) takes me to when we did a production of cats (laughs) in college and uh, first of all, why are you doing cats in college? <laughs> like, it just isn't like an educational show normally that people do. No. But obviously is it's a beautiful masterpiece, but it's something that a bunch of college kids, obviously we had a hard time taking seriously. But for the callback, our choreographer slash director encouraged everyone to come with a semblance of a costume so that you could embrace your feline energy. So <laughs> trust college? and believe that the day before callbacks, we were all... Finding yarn, <laughs> like constructing tails, we're like cutting off fingers so we could wear gloves. Like we are like getting ears, and I showed up to a callback for cats in a full tail gloves. Uh, I was auditioning for Mister Mistopoli, so I was in black and white. I had a vest on. I drew on cat whiskers, had ears on, and like that's a big no no in theater. Like you never go to an audition like in a costume, really. Um, and we all were up in there like with our tails and it was like the <laughs> craziest audition. I mean, we still laugh about it to this day. So I really relate to this uh, this message and I'm obsessed with that. And honestly, they should have gotten the job. Should have gotten the job, yeah.
0: It. I need to know how deep the cat roll went into the actual script because it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't sound like you focused on the right part of the script for the show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just like the whole entire scene, just yeah. like acting a fool.
0: It's like it's like there's a Shakespeare scene and it, say, it references sitting down on a chair and you think, right, well, that's the character I'm going to play then. That's that's the one that he really wanted people to learn about. Why would you <laughs> why would you go for the cat? Oh, dear. But oh nerves, nerves do funny things. Nerves make us stick yeah. to those things. And you, you, again, any other day, you know, all you need to do, just read the script again, maybe identify a slightly different character. But, oh, good lord! I love it. I absolutely love it. And
1: sometimes making a bold choice like that really pays off, and the directors are like, "Yes, oh my gosh!" And sometimes it's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> you are making a fool of yourself. Ah,
0: that's that's the kind of person that we'd be hiring. Okay, let's. I think yeah. I think we'll I think we'll move on. <laughs> we have so many auditions that are sent in that are from actors who have encountered a workshop, and they're often just mad over here. I don't know what they like over there.
1: What does that mean? Like a workshop Ah, audition?
0: See, this is, this is what I thought. (laughs) So a workshop audition, I suppose, uh, let's, let's say for instance, it's for, um, let's say it's for a new musical, right? Uh So maybe the panel have written, you know, 10 out of 15 songs. Uh, They, they know that the people doing the show are going to be building the characters around maybe their own interpretations like that. So you might get a two, two and a half hour um, workshop audition where as a group, maybe you learn some harmonies to one of the numbers. Um, You'll look through the text and you have to maybe interpret some of the script with someone else. And they they kind of give you free reign to just just inherit part of the story into your being for the, the two hours you're with them. It might be, okay. it might be, it's, I suppose, <clears throat> imagine if a if a full out dance call with maybe 60 people in the room or 20 or whatever, if that was singing and acting, that's kind of a good example of a workshop audition. Right uh, so obviously if it's just vocals, then it's just learning harmonies, splitting up lines, trying different bits to work out different, you know, that that kind yeah. of thing. You know, say for instance, like a Les Mis ensemble call, that's where you learn the, at the end of the day bit, that's further down the line. But that's at least structured. <laughs> we had, there was a story on Jen's episode last week where there was uh, an actor who went in and she had to read in a couple for a, a script. But there were about 20 other couples. And all the director did was got them to stand in couples around the room and just continuously perform the script on a loop. So that's an example of a really random workshop. Oh, did. my God. Sounds horrific. I, I just... Don't, and she got the job. <laughs> but I don't Fierce. understand some workshops because it's always down to how you as the performer interpret it if they're too loose of a direction you're always going to feel like you've absolutely messed it up even if you haven't because Mm. sometimes the panel don't necessarily know what they're looking for but it does provide Mm. me with an awful lot of content for the podcast JJ so I'm absolutely in in for them (laughs) and it it shows that people send them in I do quite like workshops where it's To bring a story to life I think I mentioned it on the podcast before But somebody I know was casting something Last year Maybe maybe a year before last year, not sure Um, And I don't really go for auditions anymore But it fitted in with my schedule at the time Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, this is This is interesting, this is a a really interesting piece And it was part of a a gallery uh, In um, Dubai Somewhere And they were bringing these paintings to life So there'd be like a five or ten minute scene in front of the painting, beautifully costumed and lit, a little bit immersive theatre, a little Mm -hmm. bit promenade. And you had to kind of bring the story to life. And that's what the audition was. You just kind of were assigned characters of this painting and with 15 other people had to kind of create this scene. But I just crawled up into a ball. And I think that's what a lot of people do, that maybe if they're on their own and they're, you know, they do material or they're they're reading scenes or sides with someone in the audition room, that's no problem at all. But where it comes to a lot of egos in a room together, uh, I just. Oh, that's
1: what I have a hard time with is when you like have to do those kinds of the auditions, like in front of all of these other people auditioning for the same roles. That is like my worst nightmare. (laughs) It's
0: just, it's just so intense sometimes, isn't it? Even, even though, you know, The the panel might be on your side and obviously they want you to be creative and they want you to, you know, show yourself and express yourself. If you're with other people, I always couldn't help myself thinking, yeah, but you think you're better than me because you want the job that I'm here for. You don't know what job they're going for, but it's another one of those little mind worms that just nails itself to to the back of your conscience.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, God. And then you need to go and have a drink and lie down in a dark room and cry for three hours afterwards. (laughs) So how has it been in the pandemic for you? Obviously you've spent the last few years on Broadway in Mormon. How how did the shutdown get to you? How have you, obviously TikTok is a massive part of your life now and so is Instagram. Mm-hmm. How have you adapted to keep yourself motivated and creative during all that time? Um, and looking to the future, how are you looking forward to getting back to work, I suppose is the the, the better phrase.
1: Yeah, I mean, um... Look this, that's an actual
0: question there. Look at that; that's an actual interview question there. Sod the stories. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but it's a wonderful question. I feel like yeah, everyone's you know experience as an actor is like a shared experience right now, but also different all over all over the country and all over the world. Um, I uh, had just finished. I had left Book of Mormon already. I was there for two and a half years. I left in December of 2019 to join uh, a new show, Bliss, mm-hmm. that I'd been part of the workshops and development and, and readings of. And we did our world premiere out-of-town tryout um, in Seattle at the Fifth Avenue Theater, which was a wonderful experience. Um, and we were there for about two months and then finished our run at the end of February. And then I had just gotten back to the city and I was about to be unemployed for the first time since graduating college. And I was like, okay, This is fun. Like, I was honestly excited to be unemployed for a little bit because I was like, I want to just grind, go to every audition, go to every dance class. And I had some gigs lined up like months in the future, but I was like, I just want to like enjoy my time because eight show weeks on Broadway are intense. And because of that schedule, there's a lot of stuff I missed out on. Um, obviously was a happy to make that sacrifice because it was a (laughs) wonderful job, but there were, you know, a lot of my friends were not on Broadway and they were like, Oh, come to this thing, come to this thing. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And so, um, I was excited for that. And then of course everything shut down and I came back to North Carolina with my family and, uh, I was, a, of course, the first few weeks, it felt like kind of like a vacation or it felt like not real life. And then it set in and I was like, oh, we're not going back. Not, when I came home.
0: I'm stuck here. I brought like a little <laughs>
1: suitcase. I brought a little suitcase home. I was like, <laughs> I, all my stuff was in a storage unit. And I was like, I just, and I, I didn't have a lease in New York, so I didn't have a reason to like be up there. Cause I okay. was just subletting. So that was good. I was like, I'm going to be here. I'm going to save money. Um, and I just started, of course, while I was here. I loved making YouTube videos when I was younger, and I stopped making them out of fear of people thinking they were cringy and I, you know, cyberbullying and all that stuff. And I was a kid, you know, mm. so I, you know, was cleaning out my room and, and redecorating to feel like I'm an adult living at, in my childhood room. <laughs> um, and and I went through my closet and I found all these wigs that my sisters had gotten me. when I was younger for my videos and so I was like you know what maybe I'll just start making TikToks because I was starting to watch videos on the app and I was like this is fun so um it started very slowly I very slowly started to grow a a, um platform or or grow an audience there and then in like August or September of 2020 it really started taking off when I was doing my Broadway actor mic on off videos (laughs) um which I think people really loved because it kind of gave a peek into the like behind the curtain, like, gave gave people uh, an inside look, but, like, in, in a way being like, we're all just, like, a bunch of theatre kids at heart and we're, we just have fun doing what we do. Because Broadway and West End and stuff always feel so elusive and so elite. Yeah. So it's,
0: yeah. I think that's a really good point of view, actually. The elitism, it does mm-hmm. feel that way. And even from over here in the West End to Broadway, there feels like a disconnect between the two. But they're very, very similar... places because everyone has lost their entire industry overnight
1: yes exactly. although
0: we're tentatively over here starting to see a return to it as we thought we were in december or november or whenever it was Mm. there still isn't a you know it's still not full it's still not everything it it should have should be but that's what over the last few certainly over the last few months i've loved finding again is my uh, connection to musical theater just speaking personally now That's where it's thriving. It's absolutely thriving is the the musical theatre creativity. We'll talk about Ratatouille a little bit later on, but it's just one of those areas of the internet that I simply didn't expect to see our kind of people. And I absolutely love it. Yeah, let's ignore the bitchiness about drama schools in the UK and press-ups auditioning. Let's just ignore that. But seeing people (laughs) like you, content creators... Just making things that are relevant to a specific community and the creative industries and it absolutely taken it off It's because people want to watch it and they love it. You know, we had Rob Madge on, who's done very similar things, Karen priest. We're hopefully going to have a few more pe- people on from over here. But seeing you mm-hmm. just kind of blow up on TikTok over the last few months. And like I said before, we start recording. People said that we should get you on, and here you are. Mm-hmm. So it's it's oh. it's nice. And I think to, so obviously, you know, for those of you who don't know, JJ's got six hundred and twelve thousand on TikTok. Was it something like that? Mm-hmm. By the time this goes out next week, yeah, it's probably about it. three million. It's fine. <laughs> no, but I think that's right. There is a hunger and a desire for people to look behind the curtain, as it were. And I think that's why yeah. people are tuning into us as well because we can't. We're kind of pulling it back and going, no, no, no shit really happens it's (laughs) it's not all roses and it's okay so those mic on mic off videos they're they're just brilliant and everything that you do seems to just land which is what's brilliant what's been what's been the one that you thought would land more but hasn't there's a question (laughs) has there there been one that you go, i I really like that oh it's only got 12 views
1: (laughs) well that is the thing with tiktok is that like i can't even think of one because that happens often sometimes you're like you spend so much time working on a certain video and editing it or whatever and you're like oh my god this is so good and then it's like crickets or it's not crickets but like the algorithm just is like nah fam this is not this is not it um
0: (laughs) they want to see people putting their fingers down if they've done something that's what they want to see
1: (laughs) (laughs) well and that's the thing is that sometimes you spend five seconds on something and you're like oh my gosh this is so stupid and then people love it and it's like Oh my gosh, if I knew that was going to blow up, I would have fixed my hair a little bit. Like, <laughs> what the heck? You know, it's like, it's so funny how the algorithm works, but also TikTok really values authenticity. So when a video is yeah. trying too hard, it doesn't work. Um, and that's a balance I've had to strike. But I will say like, what you know, along the lines of what you were saying, finding a community online of like creators and, and creativity and musical theater lovers and theater kids like has brought out my inner theater kid. Like I... I've, I for so long have treated it like a career and I'm just like, it, it takes some of the love out of it. Like, yeah, honestly, yeah, like, yeah. it's just like, this is my job. I'm going, I'm going to this audition. I'm going to mm-hmm. do this show tonight. And it takes some of the like excitement and love out of it. And so now, like, I don't know, it's brought out a whole nother side of me that I'm really appreciative of. It's
0: it's so easy to have lost a connection to, cause it is a job, you know, theater yeah. live entertainment, live performance in in all kind of contexts. That's our work. It's our livelihood.
1: And it's hard. It's hard work.
0: <laughs> it is absolutely 100% a skilled profession. And certainly over here in the UK, that's what we've been battling with quite a lot, with the government not funding it appropriately soon enough. And certainly when it comes to like stimulus and grants and stuff, just excluding a lot of people who have paid an awful lot of tax back from doing the career that we've yeah. trained and you know, struggled to do for years and years and years. So if we can find our, our kind of creative joy through watching people like your content, then I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And then every yeah. now and again, there's a building gets blown up on uh, TikTok. And I'm like, well, no, that, that's that. Where's that come from? But then because I watch Ooh, it, right. then I see five more demolitions of buildings. And I'm like, no, no, take me back to Broadway, please. <laughs> Just scroll, scroll, scroll. <laughs> my, my little 19 um, month old son sits with me and scrolls through because he likes people singing. And uh, okay. he he likes ducklings. There's a duck pond that's Aww. just up the just up the street from us, so we go and visit the ducklings. But he loves watching this this little duck that chases its owner and falls over and makes like a little <laughs> kind of noise. And he <laughs> finds it hilarious. But that means my feed is full of a lot of ducks. So, <laughs> so duck that's talk. Amazing. That's that's where I am. And if that means something completely that's different, talk. don't at me, please. Don't at me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's read you another story. Let's read you another one of our submissions. So, obviously, when we started this podcast, most of the audition stories that we were getting in were from professional actors who were in the midst of their careers, kind of something happening at a West End call or something like that. And something I forgot about was the auditions for drama school and those drama school moments. Mm. And when we started getting those sent in, my life and my eyes opened up because I remembered how it was like, and I am so pleased that we get some more in. And this is this is kind of a a, a secondary story to having auditioned and gotten into a drama school. And this, I think, is a, uh, something that a lot of theatre people will will reflect on after we read this. It's that moment where you have to go in front of the entire year and perform. What you auditioned for the college with. Which is horrifying, bringing that memory back for me.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, I never had to do that. What?
0: Oh, it must be a British thing, because it happens all the time. Oh,
1: no. Not
0: necessarily on your first day, uh, although this one is. But yeah, at some point in in my course, we had to sit down and all perform our first auditions for the school again. That was... yeah. (laughs) So, this comes in and he says on the first day of drama school we had to sing and act out our audition pieces in front of the faculty and the entire year this was kind of exciting performing for everyone for the first time obviously the stakes were quite high in my brain i thought if i did badly then i would either be hated by the entire year or the school would just kick me out altogether Before we did our performances, we all stood outside the studio asking each other what pieces we'd be performing. Someone else was singing my song. In my mind, this was the worst imaginable outcome. Turns out it could, and it did, get a lot worse. I took a deep breath and tried to keep the faith. Inside the room, the guy singing the same song as me went first and really, honestly, smashed it out of the park. It was amazing. I'm sat in a little puddle of stress wee, trying to find an ounce of confidence from somewhere. Fast forward to my turn, I stand up and introduce my song. I'm singing The Old Red Hills of Home from Parade. I love that song. (laughs) I start the song. At first, it's going well. Living the dream and giving as many acting choices as humanly possible. It gets to the chorus. Out of nowhere, my voice decided it didn't want to work and I let out a massive crack. You feel the room shift. Everyone starts shuffling around and I'm stood completely exposed, singing my heart out. Another crack. Oh, it's going downhill quickly. Next thing I know, my voice has completely disappeared and I'm stood practically miming a song with an occasional squeak all the way to the end of the song. I see my entire year in front of me holding back laughter and I'm bright red and the faculty look like they've just been slapped in the face. It finishes, I thank everyone, I sit down and to this day my performance is regularly referenced as the most embarrassing moment of my life. Oh. Oh, oh my god. Bless him. We've all had that moment when the voice just goes, "Nah." Nah. Oh, trust. Not going to happen. It's just trust. Uh, as a as a basic baritone, I I feel the crack a lot. <laughs> when I try and go <laughs> anytime I try and go past past an A flat, it goes, "No, not today. Not today, Christopher." <laughs> but nerves and knowing someone has already sung that song really well. You have when oh, it, it's like competition and it doesn't need to be competition because it's your first day. It's your first day at drama school. It doesn't matter what happens that day.
1: Oh. I am just so excited that I learned a new British phrase today, stress we. That's new to me. Stress <laughs> wee. Oh, mate, stress I'm feeling that.
0: A <laughs> little bit of stress <laughs> wee comes out all the time. But that's just because I'm getting old now, JJ. I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Christopher here. Just a reminder to say that if you're listening and you think you've got a story that you'd like to share with the show, then email it in to us as soon as you can. We're at don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. That's don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can slide into our DMs on Instagram or Twitter and share it with me there. That's at don'tcalluspod. Now back to the show with JJ. All right, let's... Let's talk about Ratatouille then, because we can't have you on without talking about that. How did it feel? How did it feel being part of something that was created online with this incredible collaboration of loads of people and see it take off in the way it did? during a time when people really clearly were very desperate for musical theater and new creativity?
1: Um. Well, I'll say chaotic um, <laughs> 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 because the process of putting it together was chaos, honey. And that's because they, for some reason, set a deadline for like, they were like, we're debuting this January 1st. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> like, they reached out to everyone. We learned everything in A day, and we had two days to submit everything. So, like, as someone who was doing all the dancing and ensemble vocals, you know, we were recording with our mics and stuff, and they just did, like, one to two-hour rehearsal with us. Like, I did one for dance and one for... And then they were like, okay, now go film your videos and we're sending you rat ears and chef's hats go film your videos and record your vocals and then send it in by like tomorrow and it was the week of christmas so they were like send it in before christmas eve
0: so you you taped it it that close to air day as well there was oh my god oh no 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 no
1: oh no wiggle room so that was crazy but i will say getting to be a part of that was so special like you said It, I mean, it made me really emotional and it's, it's so funny how something that's so silly and you're like, what is happening? Like, what is this (laughs) can also like really touch you. And my whole family, we watched it together. Um, they, they, you know, made me feel special by all being here and and watching it together. And they really felt like they were seeing me in an opening night. Like they were like, this is so cool for us. And, um, I will say like the coolest part about it. I mean, it was the first crowdsourced musical of its kind, and it really, um, showed that you can take a chance. I I feel on, on things on the internet and you can take a chance on new artists and people who, you know, a lot of the people who wrote that music, like don't necessarily have degrees in in music They're like, uh, yeah
0: i think that was the cool thing is that it just was born from creativity and it didn't matter where that creativity came from
1: and honestly a lot of the stuff in the show that was written is better than some of the stuff i've heard in new york recently so like <laughs> tea full tea um i mean it's so... not just tea it's
0: just fact really is it
1: <laughs> yeah there's some like really crunchy stuff That gets out there because it's like really tired old people sorry like they're amazing too but like there comes a time where people like lose um creativity and and run out of ideas and they're like well what movie can we turn into a musical now yeah 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 the funny thing is that ratatouille of course is a movie as well (laughs) turning into a musical but it was the exciting part to me was that it was giving voices to all of these new musical theater writers and like i'm really excited for cv productions who produced it they also did slave play on broadway and um they're going to be very influential going into this new like era of musical theater because they are like actually taking chances and risks on new artists and new works that some of these big production companies will not yeah um and Broadway's so commercial as is that like sometimes the industry can feel like really frustrating and you're like, where is like the good stuff, you know? So, um, so yeah, I'm excited to see, I, I hope it just inspires a whole new, you know, generation of people and and new group of people to be like, yeah, why not? I, I can try writing a musical, like why not? Or I'm going to like dip my toes into theater. You know, I, I'm excited for that.
0: Yeah. you. I mean, you look at Things And obviously six on Broadway was cut short because of the pandemic, Mm. but one hopes that something like that, that is fresh and vivid and vibrant and diverse and just so different that those kind of shows when Broadway is reborn later this year or early next year or whenever it is. Those are the shows that there's going to be that hunger for because of things like Ratatouille and because of the, the Bridgerton stuff that's been going around, because it's, mm-hmm. it's musicals that are relevant to the people watching them online. And then hopefully that will then translate. And, and I hope the Broadway community and the West End community realizes that those are the audiences that are going to keep you in work for the next 30 years. Like you said, it's not yeah. just the, the Blue Rinse Brigade, as we call them over here, that are going to see the Rodgers and Hammerstein revival, yeah. which are very valid performances and beautiful productions. But it isn't just about that. You look at everybody's talking about Jamie over here and what an enormous mm. hit that is. And that's the writing team's first ever foray into musical theatre. And that's the wow. whole point. You know, the, the team behind Six, that was their first musical. And now no one can wait to see what they write next. And it's great. So, yeah, I think... Obviously, the lockdown has forced people's hand into moving things online, and you know, you look at people like you, and your presence has just grown and grown and grown, like we were talking about. But it isn't just about the individual creators that has grown; it's it's the the hunger for musical theatre on demand. And I think for years, there's been part of the marketplace. Certainly, over here in the West End, you know, you, you you have things. You know, Hamilton was obviously tapped to be in cinemas and in movie theaters and things, but now it's on Disney Plus. But I wouldn't mm. have been able to see it if it wasn't on Disney Plus because obviously we have a baby and it's a very expensive show that you mm. can't get tickets to so hopefully there'll be a, a better access to new musical theater and, and yes. people will realize that you know what spending a bit of budget on properly filming a production that may only have a three-month run on Broadway or four months run or whatever uh-huh. that's going to elevate the production by giving it longevity
1: yeah you can build a whole new fan base of people yeah that are watching it yeah
0: and i like that i like that a lot so i'm, I'm pleased to hear it was chaos but good good chaos
1: yes, yes. <laughs> healthy yes. chaos yeah. and, JJ. and that's always how uh that's always how theater shows are you know like technically oh, yeah. you're always oh, like yeah. dress rehearsal you're like are we even going to be able to open tomorrow? Like, it always feels that way, even if you are ready. And so that's kind of how Ratitude felt. I was like, <laughs> I hope the editors did their job. I have no idea what this is going to look and sound like, but we're just going to pray. And it, it I mean, it was be- there was beauty in it being a little crunchy. It was a TikTok musical, but it was also like really well done and put together. Yeah,
0: you still want it to feel representative of where it came from as well. Yeah, yeah. Which so so one person in the cast just had like an old iPhone four just like three <laughs> three sixty pixel footage, yeah. <laughs> Their mum yeah. coming in to make a cup of coffee in the background. I know the type, yeah. Right, <laughs> right. So let's take our minds back to auditions. Are there any in your life that you've looked back and gone, Oh my god, what the hell happened that day?
1: Oh. I was trying to think about this before, um, and there was one that came to my mind, and I feel like I've black like blacked out some of it because it's just like, but but the thing is, you have to have a good sense of humor about it. And 100%. so there was one audition that I went in for for a theater in the U.S. Um, that was doing a production of Lacage, and <gasps> that I didn't know Lacage very well, and it was for one of it was for like. The main character's son. I oh, can't the remember son!
0: He oh he's the most irritating person in the oh, world. Oh, oh! I
1: would never. I'm like, if I'm gonna be a Lakaj mama, I'm Come gonna on. be in Drag. Like, I yeah. do not want to be this boring son. No. So anyway, but I. Can't. <laughs> I'm so pleased we're on the, the same page.
0: There, he's the most irritating character I've ever seen on stage.
1: I hate him so much. <laughs> well, honestly, that makes me happy. I didn't get it done because, like, I wouldn't have <laughs> enjoyed it probably. <laughs> So so the tea is that I my agents are always super good. I have never like gone into an audition and not had a correct side or anything. Oh, see, perfect. Well, this was the one time that that happened and I I blame the theater because I'm like my agents just sent me what they were sent. So they sent sides, they sent a side and a scene uh and oh and a song, a part of the song. And they wanted like the whole song prepared. But I only got a cut of the song. So they start playing and I start singing the cut and I'm like, oh, sorry, can we start over? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we start over and it keep the the problem kept happening a few times before <laughs> I realized, I
0: think I have a different
1: song than what you, like I I have a different cut of this. And they're like, oh, like, where's your cut? Then I had to do all that. Then we get to the scene, the same thing happened. They're like, okay, so the the, the did you get the scene? I was like, yeah. <laughs> they start doing lines and I was like, oh. And there was this whole mix up. And I mean, granted, I was just laughing through all of it. They were like, this is a disaster. I was like, this is a disaster. And I just left the room laughing. Like after eventually we got to do the scene, it was awful. It did not go well because it was a cold read for me. And I was like, you know what? That just was a hot mess. And I'm going to blame them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Miscommunications, though, it's such a simple thing to rectify. I think that's what the annoying thing is about those not getting, not the right material or something or missing a page of the song it's a really simple thing but like you said it's not your fault it's not the agent's fault it's just one of those things and it's how they handle it in that situation all you could do was read it cold like you said and and just kind of go for it so uh, ah it happens so many (laughs) times it happens so many times and and And
1: also mind you that specific role (laughs) Already going in, I was like, I am not right for this, but I'm going to go in and do my best because it's a baritone role. I am a tenor. So I couldn't even hit some of the low notes in the song. And I was like, this is mortifying like i can't even sing some of this
0: yeah hands off my patch jj they're my notes all right (laughs) anything above a d and he can hike away
1: (laughs) but that's reminding me because you said that i'm remembering the song from Lacage, and it's with anne on my arm and i just remember going in and i was like with Anne on my arm like i just remember being like nothing coming out
0: (laughs) just (laughs) gases
1: My heart. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> well, you know, maybe a year out of doing stuff now, maybe your voice is gonna <laughs> gonna relax right, down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's read another story. I've got a couple more for you, and there's one. Okay. There's one that I wanted to read you because it's from a show audition that I think would be close to your heart, and I'm not going to identify the show because I've been told not to. But he said read it to JJ because it's about Mormon. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) He says, hi mate, hope you're good My disaster audition story Goes as such It was my first ever professional audition And it was for one of my dream shows In front of a huge panel Firstly, I was at a certain Rehearsal studio that was Really bright, and I wasn't aware How bright the lights would be when I walked in And secondly, I wasn't aware There were going to be ten people on the panel As they were pretty deep into finals At the time I walked in, and they asked me what song I was singing, whilst I just looked straight back at them, mouth wide open, and completely blank-faced. They asked me again, and I still didn't answer. I then forgot what I was singing completely, so I had to trawl through my rep folder to find the song and remember when I saw it in front of me. It was honestly the longest two minutes of my life, and it's safe to say, of course I did not get a recall.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Have you ever absolutely blanked in that moment? Because I, oh God, I know I have. And to not remember the song that you've taken it, just have it in your hand. Just have it in your hand. Have it in your hand. Right,
1: right. I'm going to be honest. I don't think that's ever happened to me. (laughs) I've had a lot of big nerve situations, but that hasn't been one of them. But oh my gosh, that is mortifying.
0: But that's the thing. If you know that they're into finals, you know that, let's face it, you're in a pretty good spot, really. Your dream show, you've built your pressure up to yourself, and then you walk in and completely forget. (laughs) Yeah. Just just take the song, take that song at the top of your rep so that you know at least that's the one. But I suppose you can't prepare to
1: (laughs) completely forget everything. (laughs) Right, right. And And that's the tricky thing with things like that, too, is that like if you know that the audition is high stakes... Those are a lot of times the ones where the highest nerves get to me. If I've built it up in my mind, and I'm like, this is it. Like, this is my final callback. When I get that final callback, I'm like, ooh. And so sometimes, like, it's counterintuitive because, like, when I went in for, for example, for Book of Mormon, that was my first callback in New York. That was my first audition. And so I went in just being like, hey, guys. Like, I don't know. Like, I was just very much not expecting anything to come from it. And that actually worked in my favor because Mm. I didn't build up in my mind, like, oh, I need to book this. It was just like, oh, hey, like, I guess we're doing this today, you know?
0: So over in New York, especially for Broadway auditions, I think a lot of our listeners would appreciate me asking how do you think it is when you go in more as yourself and less as like performer mode do you think that can benefit you in those situations in that community as a so over here I there's some casting directors that would they want to see you obviously when it comes to character and material with you know you're far down the line that's different yeah when you go in to meet them do you feel an element of pressure to be in like I am star mode now as opposed to this is JJ he's going to be great come and meet me have a chat
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, it depends on what role you're going in for. Mm -hmm. So if I was going in for, like, JD, the serial killer in Heathers, I wouldn't be going in as jovial as I normally do. (laughs) But I think it's really important for people to see you who you are. And, like, I don't have anything to hide. I'm like, take me or leave me. If you don't like my energy and don't want to match it, then, like, we shouldn't work together. So it's taken me a while to come to terms with that, but I think it's important to do. And and I'm always a big advocate for, like, the stuff that you – dance sing the scenes you read that's where you're like in that mode but like put your like allow yourself to have that banter and just be joyful and funny and like people want to see that
0: you know yeah i think that's it it's it's something that we we've learned from doing this show for 35 episodes whatever it is now it's okay to be yourself to a certain extent because they need to know that you're going to be good to work with and like you just said you need to know that they're going to be able to work with you and that you're going to fit yeah. in and it's not going to be this clash because You can save yourself an awful lot of mental health problems. (laughs) Just having knowing you're not gonna be able to gel with someone and just completely disregarding that job because it isn't the right job for you in that room.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well Amen.
0: So this is our final audition submission for the week. And JJ I hope there's not many people out in the uh, listenership that have gone through this. And uh, (laughs) brace yourself. This comes in uh, from an actress and she says, Hey guys, so my embarrassing audition story takes place mid-commercial dance call. Now, me being what we like to call a, quote, strong mover, I try to pick an outfit for dance calls that will make me feel extra confident going into the studio. So there I am, feeling like hot shit in my carefully selected tight, thin tracksuit bottoms, giving this dance number all I've got, when, mid slut drop, I hear a loud rip and gasps from behind me, where I realise the panel is now sat staring at my bare ass. It turns out the lycrotype material of my trousers, whilst looking bomb, didn't hold up during this dance and they'd ripped from the bottom of my back to the top of my legs. <laughs> I marked the rest of the dance with my back against the wall, trying to contain my laughter. (laughs) I had to finish the dance call with someone's long cardigan tied around my waist. At that point, I thought, sod it. At least I'm wearing nice knickers and carried on with a smile. While it might have been out of pity, I did get a callback. So I'm taking it as a win.
1: (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. first of all, as someone who... Has you know been blessed or cursed with a a badonk <laughs> of that size? I have ripped so many pairs <laughs> of pants in shows and out of shows, like at weddings when I'm dancing. So I have <laughs> learned when you're going to be dancing, you have to wear the the kind of underwear you wear and what you wear underneath is very important. Mm-hmm. So I relate to this very hard, and that <laughs> is amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, oh my god! No, I'm not a dancer, and I'm certainly no athletic physique. Um, mine always go in the gusset. Uh, mine always go, and I'm always looking at wardrobe, going, "Yeah, I need, I need another pair of cargo pants for the rock number, please, because they've gone again." Yes. Sorry, <laughs> that oh, must have happened to God. so many people, though. And certainly, if you're not necessarily a, a dancer by design, and and it's one of those things that, oh dear. Well, at least you got recall. I mean, that's yeah. pretty good. Before we let our guests go at the end of our show, we do like to ask you what your audition addition would be. So is there one step of the audition process that you would like to add so it can just be made more enjoyable, more fun? We've had a panic button. So if you both know the panel and the audition, know, it's not going to go any further. Hit that panic button. You can just have a chat instead. Maybe it's breaking the ice before you meet a casting director for the first time and you have to tell each other a secret so you know each other better. JJ, what would your audition edition be?
1: Oh my goodness. On the that spot. That panic button. Oh my God, that <laughs> panic button would come in such handy. Like literally like an escape hatch. Yeah. Like you get to use it maybe for one audition a year. But when you are in that audition, because there are sometimes you're in a dance cult too. I've been in a dance. I'm a dancer and I've been in an audition for like a, ta- a, sh- a tap show, for example. And Uh-oh. I tap, I do show tap, but I've been in an audition where I'm like, what this is another language like what are you teaching what is and and just absolute mortifying and i know if i feel that way there are a lot of non-dancers who feel that way when they're in over their head because sometimes your agents get you an appointment and they're like you can you can do this and and you get in and you're like no i can't so an escape hatch for once a year that you get to use for that really bad audition that would be absolutely amazing
0: yeah and you no one knows where you've gone either. You're just like, Wait, where's JT gone? Where's he gone?
1: Yeah, 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 just through the floor. <laughs> it's only a quadruple <laughs> well, time. was at Pearl Studios and Ripley Greer, yeah, in New York City.
0: <laughs> and uh, last question Where were you on March 3rd, 2020? March 3rd,
1: 2020? Oh, the hairspray, the hairspray, (laughs) which you know, by the way, is my favorite show. And I'm not going to lie, the saltiness I had when they said, we're doing a tour. And I was like, yes. And then they were like, non-union. I was like, oh oh, my God. I was so upset because it's my dream to do that show professionally for like a year at least. Like I love, I've done it three times. I love that show. It's, and it's so, but anyway, that <laughs> audition day, oh my god.
0: I've been reading up on it this week, obviously. It's something I didn't really know about until like weirdly, I saw it on TikTok. And uh Okay. What a palaver <laughs> that sounds like.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally that that important actor question, "Where were you on March 3rd, 2020?" That's so I could
0: make I might make a I might do a spin-off podcast from Don't Call Us, We'll Call You for "Where Were You on March 3rd, 2020?" and just Oh a, my god, I, the stories.
1: Yeah, the stories would be like, great. I like
0: serial. But for where were you on March 3rd? (laughs) (laughs) And there we go. That was this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You with the wonderful J.J. Neiman. If, like me, you aren't that... Into TikTok. I'm still learning, but make sure you follow JJ if you are on there. He's, I think we said at recording this, he was about 612,000 followers on TikTok, which is absolutely mad considering it's something that he started during the pandemic. Go and pay his content some attention, share it to all your friends, like it, tag it on Instagram. He's absolutely brilliant. I'll put all his links in the show notes and the episode description too. If this was your first time listening, thank you very much for giving us an hour of your time. But there are 34 other amazing episodes absolutely packed with audition tales. And if you think these were good this week, I promise you there are hundreds more in the show so far. Every episode is brilliant. But if you enjoyed JJ on the show this week, you'll particularly enjoy our episodes with Christina Bianco, Jennifer Ashley Tepper, David Hunter and loads, loads more. Heber El Sheik's a really great one as well. You learn about becoming a Disney princess. So go and binge our show. Enjoy the ones you've missed. Subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and please do share the show with your friends. Tag us on Twitter and Instagram at Don't Call Us Pod and we will love you forever. Now, next week, we have a fantastic guest from the world of podcast land, Mr. Matthew Crosby, better known as one third of Pappies. He presents a Radio X show on national radio in the UK with Ed Gamble. He writes for The Last Leg and Hypothetical on Dave and Channel 4. He's an absolute joy. And we've recorded our episode today as I record this. So that'll be out next Friday. It is a belter. So get subscribed. Get ready for that. Enjoy your week. We will see you next week for another episode of the show email us in your stories, get involved. If you just want to say hello and tell us who you are and where you're listening from, say so via email or on socials. We love to say hello. But most importantly, make sure you stay safe. If you're still in lockdown, stay indoors, wash your hands, wear your mask properly. And remember, don't call us, we'll call you. See you soon, everyone. Bye. If you've enjoyed this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, then please make sure you rate or review us on your podcast platform of choice. If you hit subscribe and follow, you'll get notified as soon as new episodes get released every Friday. If you'd like to support the show further, you can buy us a coffee at coffee.com forward slash don't call us pod. That's ko-fi.com forward slash don't call us pod. And everything goes towards making the show better. Thank you very much and we'll see you next week.